Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. They have to say a tearful goodbye to Boo, who will grow up thinking the monster world was all in her imagination. For a second there, I thought you were doing a Dragon Ball Z reference, but that's clearly something else. <laughs> and you know what? I usually just give one spoiler of it, because this show is about... Because it's a special day. It's a special day, and this episode is about love. i got a few more for you. Okay, here we go. So the too cool for school greaser and the pretty goody two-shoes fall in love, as does the geeky dad and his incestuous mum when he knocks out the school bully... <laughs> As does the vampire and the under-actor, as do two friends who have similar-sounding names. And ladies and gentlemen, those are some spoilers for today. But if you didn't want to know that, then what are you doing listening to the show? That's right, because what we do on this show is we look at upcoming Hollywood blockbusters, or in this circumstance, straight-to-VOD releases, mm. and we attempt to predict as much of the plot of those movies as humanly possible just by looking at the marketing material. So we look at the trailer, the poster, whatever we can get our hands on, and then we just draw, essentially, almost out of thin air, everything else. We fill the gaps. And then attempt to predict the plot from start to finish. That was a very rambly version of our standard I intro, it. but I loved it. What can you do? What can you do? And this week we're talking about another video on demand because that's all that they're releasing at the moment. This is the video on demand show. I'm a little bit depressed. Yeah, we are becoming the video on demand since no one's going to cinemas currently. We're talking about the upcoming apocalyptic rom com, <laughs> Love and Monsters. A movie I had never heard of before yeah. we had to do this show. Neither had I. Now, this was a movie that was supposed to come out early this year okay. in cinemas, but it kept getting pushed back, kept getting pushed back, yep. of course, because of the virus. And now it's just quite like a lot of the movies we're talking about recently. They're just like, screw it. We're going straight to VOD. Let's just throw it out there. Yep, exactly. I would not be surprised that if from now on all films that are being made, in the contract they're like, we have the option to go straight to VOD. We're not contractually obligated to go to cinemas. Yeah. Because a lot of movies, they're just being pushed back because they need to go to cinemas because it's in the contract. They require a theatrical release. So that's why we've lost James Bond. Again, it's been pushed back till next year. I know you're very sad I'm about very that. unhappy about that. And you'll be upset because Fast and Furious 9 has been pushed back again. Oh, no. You won't be able to see Vin Diesel's pretty face. Oh, my God. I listened to Vin Diesel's uh, new song. He's a singer. What? Did you know that? <laughs> really? I, I'm going to show you Vin Diesel's song after the show. All right. Let's hear a clip of that right now. I just want a little teaser of that. But yes, so you won't be able to see his pretty face, but we can still talk about other monsters with this podcast. <laughs> so this movie is being directed by Sean Levy, and I know you're thinking that name sounds familiar. Mm. It's because he's the director of Free Guy, which is a movie we've covered before on the show. There you go. And it's a movie that we're still yet to see because they keep delaying that they one keep as well. pushing that back, yeah. So I guess that should give you, if we have an idea of what Free Guy was like, that should give us an idea of what this movie's going to be like, right? Yeah. Sort of a similar tone, comedy-wise, action-wise. I'm feeling fairly confident. Yeah, you are. Because mm-hmm. I'm not really feeling that confident. Really? Yeah. So if you watch the trailer for this movie, it is a mess. It's literally yes, like, it okay, so the start seems pretty linear. Like mm-hmm. you can sort of presume that it's somewhat linear, even though I can sort of see that they're doing some editing tricks in the trailer, lying a little bit. Really? Yes. I didn't we'll pick talk up on about that. it. We'll talk about it. But the end of the trailer is literally just like monster, 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 chaos, all sorts of stuff going on, explosions. And you're like, how does this fit into anyway? Is that a robot? <laughs> Are they a jellyfish in the sky? <laughs> What's going on here? So I think this is going to be very much like a nonsensical, over the top sort of monster romp. 
So it's sort of hard to get like a succinct plot from it. Personally speaking, I don't know how you went. So I'm imagining that you and I are going to have two completely different impressions of how this movie is going to go. Yeah. What direction it's going to go in. I think so for this one. I think so. I can safely presume that. And uh, there's only one trailer for this as well. Yeah, that's right. And don't worry about it too much because if you want to see how well we did with our prediction, the movie's coming out next week. As of this episode's release, it's coming out within seven days. So we can see it straight away pretty much. Looking forward to it. Now, this movie was originally called Monster Problems before they changed it to Love and Monsters. I like this name better. Yeah? I'm a fan of love and I'm a fan of monsters. I think it says more about the movie, the new title, rather than Mm. Monster Problems. Although there is a Doctor Who episode with the same name, Love and Monsters. I know. I kept bumping into that in my research. Yeah. So every time I'd look up Love and Monsters, I go, oh, it's the Doctor Who episode. That's not going to help me out at all. The limited research that I did for this one. So the director, Sean Levy, describes this movie as a cross between Mad Max and Zombieland, which I think I described it in the last episode as something very similar. It's pretty much Zombieland. That's all I'm seeing. I said A Quiet Place in Zombieland. So it very much seems to be that. Not, well... Yeah, I guess so. A funny version of... funny version of Quiet Place. Quiet Place is not very funny. Well, that scene with the kid with the rocket ship at the start might have produced a few... What? The, <laughs> no, I'm joking. The kid that dies? Yeah, I'm joking. I'm joking. cold-hearted man. What about the old guy that just screams? That was pretty funny. Yeah. He describes it as a combination of Mad Max and Zombieland with a John Hughes-esque love story thrown in there. I can see the John Hughes. I can definitely see the Zombieland. The Mad Max side of things I'm not yeah. really seeing a lot. Well, I think when people say post-apocalyptic, they automatically think Mad right. Max. So I, there's tons of other, in fact, there's way more examples of more modern examples yeah. of post-apocalyptic movies, but I guess Mad Max is sort of like the standard. Maybe they'll go to the Thunderdome. Yeah, I hope so. Maybe. The Monster Dome. The Monster Dome. Oh, wow. Dome. I'm thinking of a better movie. Now, another little Two bit of trivia for you. Two monsters enter, one monster leaves, but then they fall in love. Yeah. Or maybe... Oh. Ooh. I should work Did we just make a better movie? Yeah, I was going to say, we should do our own version where it's two monsters fall in love. Yeah, well. Screw the people. They get eaten. <laughs> they just get they eaten. They get eaten in the opening scene and then it's there's just two monsters. It's just a twist monsters. in the movie that actually the, our lead protagonists are two monsters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, another little bit of trivia I had before you before we start talking about the movie in more depth is that this movie was filmed entirely in Queensland, Australia. Hey! Which I picked up straight away when watching the trailer because I'm like, that just looks like Australia. This post-apocalyptic America looks exactly I like Australia. Did not pick that up at all. What made you think it's Queensland? There is gum trees everywhere. Ah, I mean, there are gum trees in, I think, Los Angeles. They grow them because it's like the only thing that grows out there. That's why they always have those really bad forest fires every year because of all, you know, the the gum, the eucalyptus. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's highly flammable. Which are highly, yeah, it is highly flammable. The gum. (laughs) That's where bubble gum comes from, did you know? Gum trees? Oh, there you go. A just grow of cheese. Now make sure you present that fact to your teacher, <laughs> and they will give you an A plus. I'll say it. I'll say it for news. Yes, but yeah, uh, for international listeners, eucalyptus is really highly flammable. It's yes. something we all grew up with yep. in Australia, knowing. So we always have bushfires, and they always have bushfires, mm. and well, they call them forest fires over there. But anyway, moving on. But yeah, I, I could tell it was Australia straight away just looking at the. Why footage. do they always set post-apocalyptic movies in Australia? Because we've got big, expansive areas of like. Yeah, good point. Basically, not a lot going on. Good point. We have like a lot of desert area as well. I'll show you some scenes in the trailer after we've done this episode and you'll definitely agree with me. But anyway, so what do we know about this movie so far, Big D? Well, we know it's a story about a young couple that gets separated due to a monster apocalypse. Yeah, the monster apocalypse, I think they call it. Apocalypse. And everybody's. Not to be confused with the dog apocalypse from uh, Scoob. And uh, like every other apocalypse, people are trying to adapt and survive. Our lead protagonist is in an underground bunker. And reconnects with his old flame and decides he's going to go off on an adventure to find his old girlfriend. 
That's right. Now, that's pretty much word for word what the official description of this movie is, because Paramount actually does have an official description, and it goes like this. Seven years after the monster apocalypse, Joel Dawson, along with the rest of humanity, has been living underground ever since giant creatures took control of the land. After reconnecting over radio with his high school girlfriend Amy, who is now 80 miles away at a coastal colony, Joel begins to fall for her again. As Joel realises that there's nothing left for him underground, he decides against all logic to venture out to Amy, despite the dangerous monsters that stand in his way. That's pretty close to what you said. Pretty straightforward, what they'd call a high concept in the world of Hollywood. (laughs) It's like, basic premise, you can see in your head where the movie's going to go, or can you? Because that's what we're here to decide right now. We will see. Now, another thing that I notice about the plot of this movie, or at least that little run-through of the plot there, is it's almost identical to your plot from Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Just remember when you were coming up with your Godzilla King of the Monsters plot, you were like, oh, the monsters have taken over the world, Mm -hmm. everyone has to live in bunkers, and the family is separated, Mm -hmm. and they have to find each other. That's pretty much exactly the same plot. It didn't happen in Godzilla King of the Monsters, but you'll finally get it here. Yeah. And uh, maybe there'll be like an or like a twenty minute monster fight. Yeah, fingers crossed. Or a fifty minute fingers monster crossed fight. <laughs> that that doesn't happen. Anyway, let's talk about who's in the movie before we dive into our individual plots. Let's. So first of all, playing the lead character of Joel Dawson is Dylan O'Brien. Now, I wasn't really familiar with Dylan O'Brien at he all. He was in Maze Runner. Yeah, that's right. So he was one of the recurring actors in Maze Runner. Now he was also the main character in the Teen Wolf TV show. If oh, you're okay. familiar with that at all, and he was also the voice of Bumblebee in the movie Bumblebee the most recent Transformers movie. Okay, there you go. Uh, that was, was John Cena in that movie? Or am I getting confused? He might have been. I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen I it either. Hayley Steinfeld was the main character. But I've seen Maze Runner, so... There you go. So you have seen this guy. Yeah. So I haven't seen any of the movies or TV shows that this guy's done, but I was reading the comments for the trailer. For He's the, a popular, the Love and Monsters popular trailer, actor. And everyone's like, oh my God, Dylan O'Brien is doing another character running around. I can't believe this. From Monsters. Yeah, exactly. So apparently that's his shtick. His whole thing is like he runs away from giant monsters. Is that a thing in Maze Runner? They're monsters yes, in Maze Runner. Oh, wow. monsters in I had Maze no Runner. idea. So they go into a maze and run. Why didn't they call it... <laughs> Monsters and Mazes. Mazes and Monsters? Or Mazes and Monsters. I think that might be copyright. Yeah, it might be. Anyway, next up playing the character of Clyde Dutton, who is an expert hunter, is Michael Rooker. A returning actor. Who we've talked about in a movie that we've covered in the past, Fantasy Island. I think he plays a minor role in that movie. I forgot he was in that. And he's also in Fast and Furious 9, which we mentioned earlier. I had no idea he was in that movie. He he is? Yes, he is. What's he playing? Let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. He's playing a a grumpy redneck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's going to be it. But he's going to play a grumpy redneck who rubs oil all over Vin Diesel's muscles (laughs) in one scene. You've got some great muscles. No, that that was my Michael Rooker. Anyway. Now, Michael Rooker has been in movies since 1986. I've seen him in a bunch of things all throughout the years. But now everyone just says, oh, that's Yondu. Yeah. Best known well, as Yondu from the Marvel movies. I think The Walking Dead really Yeah, actually, he's probably him. better known as, what was his name? Uh, Merle yeah. in The Walking Dead with his metal fist. <laughs> Whatever that was, that stumpy hand that he has because he cuts off his own hand. Whenever you need like a Southern American badass, yeah. you get this guy. He in. used to play cops. He always used to play cops in early movies. I could see that. Like the hard-nosed cop. Mm. But yeah, now he's the southern bad guy, as you say. Yeah, the southern alien that has a mohawk. Next up playing his daughter Minnow is Ariana Greenblatt, who is so new to Hollywood. She's so Greenblatt in the world of Hollywood. Sorry, everybody. uh, That she doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. (laughs) Really? Yeah. So I think this is her very first movie. This is an injustice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They reckon they should go and see what high school plays she did or what? (laughs) Yeah, that's what's on my Wikipedia page. (laughs) Look that up, folks. Is it actually confirmed that she is his daughter? Yeah, that's right. Really? Yeah, I that's didn't read that. 100% right. Hmm. 
You didn't know that? I can't wait to see no. what happens in your plot. <laughs> oh, wow. That makes the love... I'm excited. That uh, makes the love story awkward. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear your plot. Anyway, the last person I want to talk about before we dive into those plots is Jessica Henwick, who is playing, of course, Joel's love interest, high school girlfriend, mm. former fling, Amy. Now, I don't know her from anything. She was apparently in Game of Thrones, and she was also in... Who was she in Game of Thrones? I don't know. I'm not the Game of Thrones man. She was also in The Force Awakens, and she's in a movie that we're going to be talking about in the future. I've way seen all the these future. movies. Where? Godzilla vs. Kong. So we're going to talk about her again. Time to consult Google. She's going to play a nameless person in Godzilla vs. Kong, like most people in that other movie. <laughs> So you have no idea who she was in Game of Thrones. I can't remember. Okay, I'm sure she there wasn't. was a lot of characters. She wasn't in that a show. standout. There was a lot of characters in that show. She was someone who got killed. There you go. I've solved it for oh, you. No. Okay, now let's start talking about our plots. Now I think you went last time, so that means that I'd go first this time. So the floor is yours. Let's How do you feel about it? it? How do you feel? Not confident, as I mentioned before. Not confident. I just sort of threw a lot of ideas at the wall. Can't wait to hear how wrong you are. <laughs> Well, I, I can guarantee you straight away from that, going through those actors that you're going to be more wrong. I'm really excited. Anyway, let's talk about it. So I reckon the movie is going to open with narration. Oh, narration. I know that's a big trope of your plots, but yeah, <laughs> I think we sort of need it. It's one of those movies where like, we're going to get a little bit of goofy narration. And this is going to be from Joel. We're going to hear Dylan O'Brien's soothing voice. And he's talking about how he had an ordinary life before the monster apocalypse. Someone told you I was just an ordinary kid. An average ordinary guy. Somebody lied. Somebody lied. Anyway. So we'll see Joel and Amy on a cute date sitting in Amy's Jeep where Joel draws a crap portrait of Amy. We see this in the trailer, of course. It looks like she has a beard. <laughs> and their smooching is interrupted by meteors that carry large alien monsters which crash into the city nearby. So we're straight into it. So Joel and Amy drive back to Joel's house where his parents are in the process of evacuating. Uh, Amy leaves Joel with his parents. Obviously, she wants to go back to her own family. Uh, but before she drives off, Joel promises to find her again in the future. So Joel leaves with his parents, but unfortunately their car is hit by a falling tree, <laughs> which traps Joel's parents inside. But Joel is able to escape the car, but can only watch helplessly as his parents are crushed by the foot of a passing monster. Again, we see this in the trailer. It's hilarious. Yes, speaking it's of hilarious. It's a lot of fun. A lot of, of levelty. A lot of fun. Levelty. Okay. Le levity. <laughs> Sean Levelty. Anyway, uh, Joel is dragged away by a group of fellow survivors, clutching the only possession he has left, a chandelier. <laughs> I just thought I'd point that out. I'm going to get a point for it in the future. He does have a chandelier in the trailer, yeah. doesn't he, for yes. some reason? I wonder if it's going to be important. I don't chandelier. think so. I don't think so. I hope he has it hanging up in his bunker. Give me a point if he has it hanging up in his the, bunker. He ties the chandelier to the dog's neck. Yeah. Just carries the so. chandelier, his only possession. So we jump forward seven years, even though none of the actors seem to have aged at all in seven years. I mean, I've aged a lot since I was about high school age, so I don't know why none of these people have. But anyway, we jump forward seven years where we learn that only a small amount of humanity survived the monster apocalypse. So now Joel lives in an underground bunker where we see that he has everything he needs to survive and hasn't need to return to the surface in several years. So he's got a cow down there. He makes his own cheese. <laughs> He's got seven years worth of cornflakes there that he can put his cow milk on. It's fantastic. <laughs> he just eats cornflakes. That cow must be suffering. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Boy, what's he feeding it? Yeah, hey? where's the grass? Yeah, exactly. Poor cow. And it's not going to get his vitamin D. Well, neither is Joel. And I what suppose. happens when the cow dies? It's yeah. just one cow, right? And then he has to move the cow out of the bunker, or is he going to leave it there and it's just going to stink up the place? Well, I guess that's when they talk eat about the a bunker cow. buster. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Even though I think traditionally they eat the male cows, pretty sure they the meat. I'm that we sure get from if the you're in a monster apocalypse, yeah, you're okay, not going to be enough. too picky. I'm, I'm not a butcher, so I don't know. Now Joel also has a ham radio. We were <laughs> we were mentioning Godzilla King of the Monsters before. <laughs> I know it reminded me of this. Is going to bring back the ham radio, uh, and every day he puts out a call in the hopes of finding Amy. 
He also has a picture of her that he puts next to the ham radio. So Is it the picture he drew? No, it's not the picture. <laughs> he just he looks drew. at the picture he drew. He just her? happens to have a, a nice frame <gasps> photograph of her that he like stares. It's a bit dusty after all these years, but yeah, he stares at it while he's putting out the clothes. He's like, Amy, Amy, can you hear me? Give me a sign. Now the other survivors on the radio all tell him to shut up, and stop <laughs> hogging the airwaves with his sappy gushing, but he's not deterred by this. So after years of radio silence, and just as Joel is beginning to give up hope, he's about to put Amy's photo in a desk drawer and forget about her altogether. He's going to move on to one of the other female survivors? Yeah, maybe. Well, I wasn't actually sure. We'll get into this now. I wasn't actually sure if he lived by himself and then ended up finding other survivors in the bunker, or if there were other survivors living with him. Just for the sake of my plot, I'm going to say there are other survivors living within an underground community together Mm -hmm. with him. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't know, in the trailer, it, it's a little bit confusing because it, it sometimes looks like he lives by himself and at other times it looks like he's part of a community. But yeah, I wasn't entirely sure. Anyway, we'll find out next week. Look, spoiler, but I think he's living in a community. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That as makes well. more sense. That's what I'm saying as well. Anyway, just as he's beginning to give up hope of finding Amy, he finally hears her voice over the radio, of course. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote this yesterday. I guess I was in a funny mood. Joel is so blue balled that he asks Amy <laughs> for some ham radio phone sex. But Amy tells him to be mature. <laughs> it's like, Amy, it's been seven years. What are you wearing? <laughs> That's not important right now, Joel. Come on, just a little bit. You can wear nice panties. Anyway, I don't think that'll actually happen in the movie. Phone sex is awkward, but I imagine ham radio phone sex is Yeah, because everyone awkward. can listen in. Yes. Everyone's like, press their ear against the door, just like, ooh. No, no, like everyone can listen in like over the radio. <laughs> Like, it's just broadcasting out to everyone. It's not a private signal. Back to the plot. Amy tells Joel that she's living in a coastal colony 85 miles away, even though in the plot they said it was 80. Mm-hmm. It's actually 85. Well, maybe she lied. Yeah, maybe. Maybe her maths is bad. And using his erection as a compass, mm-hmm. Joel sets out to find her. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Before he leaves, he packs the essential supplies, including a crossbow. So Joel's nameless bunker buddies tell him that the journey will be an impossible task since nobody can fight back against the monsters. They also know that Joel is useless with any sort of weapon, so they just tell him to run and hide from the monsters instead of fighting. Before he leaves the bunker, Joel stupidly manages to let a monster in which kills several of the other survivors. Why he kills the bunker guys? By accident. Oh. Maybe they right. have one there as like for scientific research and he accidentally lets it out of his, his cage. They have like a bub. Yeah, they have a bub, from, a bub from like Day of the Dead. But yeah, imagine like he leans back and presses like the door release button. He's casually leaning, his elbow pokes he's, the His erection release. pokes yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. He's just so keen to see Amy. Then he opens the door and picks the lock somehow <laughs> and lets the monster out and a bunch of them die, so he has to leave now. So Joel takes their advice on board and manages to escape this monster by running and hiding. Now, there's a shot in the trailer. This is what really confused me. There's a mm-hmm. shot in the trailer Tell me, Kieran. of Joel traveling through a field with these same survivors. And I'm like, so if he's leaving them behind or if they've just been killed by monsters. Are they the same survivors? They are the same survivors. You see the same guy that he's talking to oh about God. running and hiding. I'm so wrong in this and plot already. And you see the same girl wearing an eye patch because I noticed there was a girl wearing an eye yeah, patch in the background. Yeah, there was a girl wearing you an eye patch. You see that same girl walking through the field with him. So I was like, wait, do they go with him a little bit? Do they like escort him to like the county line or whatever? And then go back to their bunker or is this another group of survivors that he meets along the way early on and they travel with him for a bit but Mm -hmm. I was just like eh let's pretend I didn't see that scene in the trailer (laughs) I'm happy to be wrong rather than sit there and scratch my head and waste any more time thinking about it because I I know I'm going to be wrong I'm never going to work it out these are just his colony buddies nameless colony buddies that uh, some of them are going to be killed others are just going to be left to to rue the day that they ever let Joel into their stupid bunker Others are just injured and mortally wounded. Yeah, exactly. Missing an eye. Yeah, another eye. <laughs> they lost, she lost both eyes. The girl with one eye patch loses the other eye. She has to wear a double eye patch. <laughs> they call her Dead Eye Dana. 
Joel leaves the bunker and we have a brief moment where the sunlight is too bright for him to see. So he's going to come out and he's going, ah, it's too bright, I can't see him. Classic. And as his eyes adjust, Joel wanders around the wasteland that was once human cities and we have several long, expensive-looking establishing shots of overgrown streets and neighbourhoods. Because we've never seen that before. Yeah, exactly. This is completely like, new. Wow. We've never seen it in a movie in history. Anyway, as he's travelling along... Joel finds a dog whose previous owners had been recently killed by monsters. Another thing we don't see in post-apocalyptic movies. They never team up with a dog. And so this dog lives in what looks like a converted bus. Uh, I like to imagine he used to live there, or she, he or she, we'll get there in a second, uh, used to live there with his nice friendly masters, but then maybe he comes across what's left of their bodies and he's just like, oh, eats them. The Joel dog. does. No, the dog. No, they're his, his former masters. Oh, okay. He's not going to be a, a jerk dog. <laughs> not going to be that sort of circumstance. Anyway, so the dog's getting a bit thin because it hasn't been fed for a while, yep. so Joel feels sorry for it. Uh, and Joel reads the dog's name tag and discovers that it's called Boy. Boy is going to be the dog's name. Yeah, which is confusing since it's a girl dog. Great joke. <laughs> Great joke there, Sean Levy. Uh, So Joel feeds the dog with some of his supplies and decides to bring it along with him on his journey. Maybe Amy always wanted a dog, so he's just like, you know what? I never liked dogs when I was dating Amy. I think I can adapt to having a dog. It'll be a present for her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It'll charm the pants off her. So while the dog is drinking from a backyard pond, it senses trouble and takes off. But Joel isn't as smart and is confused as to why the dog ran away and starts loudly calling after it. <laughs> the, boy, dog's, the dog's boy. smarter than, than yeah, Joel. Of course, of course. Now, a frog-like monster emerges from the pond and attacks Joel, and Joel attempts to run away. But the frog-like monster has a long tongue which it uses to grab Joel and fling him around. But just as it looks like it's curtains for Joel, he is rescued at the last minute by a samurai sword-wielding hunter and his young daughter. Now, this is another point where in the trailer I was just like, is it the same monster that they're beating up for him or is that a different monster? Because they're in the pool when yeah. the frog was it's there. It's like in a backyard with a fence. But when they talk, they're in this grassy... Yeah, they're out in the middle of nowhere. But I guess everywhere could be like a grassy field because yeah, exactly. everything's overgrown. So, exactly. You know. So I have a theory that it's not the same monster. Like I think he will probably just get away from the frog-like monster and then come across another monster because it seems like he runs into a lot of monsters mm, in this movie. He does. There's a lot of love, a lot I mean, of monsters. Yeah, that is part of the title. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, just for the sake of convenience, I'm going to say this is where he meets them. Yeah. It's probably not going to happen in the action movie, but going to be wrong sometimes. No, I, I think that's a good assumption. Back to the plot. So, the hunter introduces himself and his daughter as Clyde and Minnow. Can't wait to hear what Murdy do thinks Minnow's impact on the plot is going to be. So, Clyde's wife was killed several <laughs> years earlier, and the two have been surviving on the road for years. So Joel travels with Clyde and Minnow for a while, and Clyde insists that Joel needs to outsmart and fight the monsters rather than running away. Yeah, don't be a wuss, Joel. <laughs> we'll get to that Fight in the sec. monsters. So Joel isn't confident in his skills, and we have several scenes where Clyde demasculates Joel in front of his daughter. It's just like, maybe you just need to be a man. Just grab your weapon and force it into the monster. <laughs> you can't just pussyfoot around it. And then Joel's like looking at the daughter and like, oh, I can't believe like your daughter's better than me. Your daughter's tougher than me. Your dad's mean. Yeah, that's right. You could totally see that happening. Yeah. Joel eventually parts ways with Clyde and Minnow, but not before Joel eventually proves himself to Clyde. Maybe he helps them fight a monster mm-hmm. or whatnot. And the two connect briefly man to man. So I think we have a line in the trailer where Clyde says, you know, oh, you're more of a survivor than I thought. So we're going to have that So he proves himself. Is there any reason why these guys are all together or is it just because they may as well be? Well, they're traveling in a similar direction, uh, but they're not going to the same place, which is why... Clyde just wants to be mean and demasculate. Yeah, exactly. He just follows Joel around demasculating He's just there to teach a few life lessons. They're Mm. not going to be there. This is just a little pit stop along the ultimate overall journey. Mm. Because Joel's by himself a lot in the trailer, so I I figure he's just going to meet people along the way. 
So now that Joel is traveling alone again, well, the dog's with him too, so he's not technically alone, we have several scenes where he comes across a number of monsters of varying shapes and sizes. So insert whatever you like here. He's <laughs> uh, so lazy. Just in your imagination. <laughs> it's, it's in my plot as well. Just yes. like, yeah, just the monsters are here. Yeah. So Joel runs away from the monsters for the most part, but eventually vows to be braver. So he manages to finally outwit a monster and blows it up with a grenade, which gives him greater confidence in himself. Yeah. He's finally becoming a man. So he's learning to be violent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Great character growth. Mm, yeah. Well, these are monsters. We don't really like them, you know. Strap yourself in, Matty D. Mm? Strap yourself in. To his surprise, Joel meets a friendly but sassy robot who was built to gather food and supplies for a colony of survivors. Oh, my God. The survivors were eventually killed by the monsters, so the robot has just <laughs> Well, been... you got a robot in this. Yes. I guess it was kind of in the trailer, but I didn't... Yeah. You were like, oh, I'm not going to insert that I'm robot I'm not going to even go there. So the robot has just been gathering supplies for years for nobody. Just That's all it's been like programmed Wally. to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's got a very... Um, I don't know if you played this game, but a very Fallout vibe. Yeah. Well, I haven't played the game, so I'm just going to yeah. presume that's right. <laughs> It's post-apocalyptic, and yeah. there's robots. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's going to be sassy. You know what? You can't have a robot in a movie without it being sassy. It's yeah, be oh, of course. Uh, so, Joel takes some of the supplies and chats with the robot as they both admire the beautiful monster-filled nighttime sky. <laughs> the robot seems to think that humanity is doomed because they act with their heart and not with their head, and Joel sort of tugs at his collar and starts to think that he might have made the wrong decision to look for Amy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, what are you doing here, Joel? Um... <laughs> Uh, I'm out trying to better humanity. Yes, there we go. I'm collecting my things dog. for humanity. Mm, good thing you're not out on a stupid errand looking for a girl. That would just be <laughs> idiotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope the robot finds a girl robot. <laughs> it finds like a power outlet. Or, you know. <laughs> starts charging Time himself. to recharge. Charging the power outlet. <laughs> anyway. So Joel finally reaches Amy's seaside colony mm. where the survivors have been camping on a beach but using boats to escape when monsters show up. Clever, because there's no monsters that go in water. Yeah. That we haven't seen earlier. So if a big land-dwelling monster comes, like, rocking up, they're like, quick, to the boats. And then the monster's just like, oh, man, I can't swim. And just, like, waddles back into the forest. Exactly. So Joel is disappointed to learn that Amy has a new boyfriend. No. Who is way more manly. So why was she sexting him? Oh, she said no. Well, no, she wasn't. She was just telling him, oh, this is where I'm at. Wow, she moved on fast. It's been seven years. Just seven years and already she's moved on. So this new boyfriend is way more manly than Joel could ever be. So, of course, the next section of the movie. No, it's not (laughs) Clyde. It's a handsome blonde guy with a beard. Right. Okay. (laughs) Handsome blonde guy with a beard, you say. Yeah. I haven't Uh, seen a handsome blonde guy with a beard. What does that look like? (laughs) Which is a good look. Uh, Oh, is it? Is it now? So the next portion of the movie is Joel trying to win Amy back. In trying to do so, Joel insists that the survivors should try fighting back against the monsters, like uh, Clyde taught him, so that they can eventually reclaim the world. But the survivors of this colony don't believe that it's possible and firmly believe that the monsters are now the dominant species of the globe. So they've given up. Yes, yeah, like, ah, belongs to the monsters. So the colony is eventually attacked by monsters, and Amy's new boyfriend is brutally killed in the chaos. Oh, well, thank God. Joel scurries around like a headless chicken and somehow manages to fight off the monsters through wacky slapstick. Amy and Joel end up being the only survivors of the attack, so the two start, out of obligation I suppose, the two start (laughs) dating again, and Joel finally gets his kissy! Yeah! He got his kissy? Yes, he did. So the movie ends, the movie ends with the two lovers travelling around the world, taking down deadly creatures as the ultimate monster fighting couple. Cool. The end. We're padding our pockets for a sequel, because this will be a commercial success. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How'd you feel about it? Not confident at all. (laughs) If I get, uh, I don't know, if I get at least... 
half the movie right, just the easy part right, I'll be satisfied with that because I am certainly not confident with this Do you one. want me to tell you what actually is going to happen in yeah, Love and Monsters? Yeah, sure. Let's hear well, your plot. Let's go into it. So, we're going to have... Narration was clever on your part, by the way. I was like, that oh, yeah? makes a lot of sense, but I'm not, I don't have narration in my plot. I can hear it now in my head. It's just like, I was just your average boy going to high school, dating my hot girlfriend, rocking around in her Jeep, doing all the normal stuff. And that's when the monsters and came. And then the monsters came. So we're going to start with a romantic scene with cheesy music, maybe something popular, something yeah. about love. Who's going to drive you home? And we see a young couple in love. And oh. this, of course, is Amy and Joel, yeah. just in case you were confused. And just before they kiss... So they don't get to kiss no. right at the start. We've got to... I think they do kiss. In my plot, they don't kiss. Okay. They almost kiss, but something stops it. And it is sirens that are going off. And a bloody man runs to the car windshield or the front of the car asking for help. And Joel and Amy, startled, drive off. And the man help, is help. caught. <laughs> Fuck you, guy. Well, you know, he's he's a kid. He's scared. Okay. And the man is eaten by something. It's Amy's car, by the way. Is I it Amy's car? Yeah, yeah. She's got a red Jeep. Oh, there you go. Well, the man is eaten by something we see off screen. Right, right. So they're like, oh my God, what's so happening here? we don't here? see it. We do not see it okay. at this point. They arrive back to their suburb and everything's going crazy and military are evacuating the area. Joel's parents are mad that he wasn't there. They're kind of like, we need to go. What are you Where doing? Were you? Where were you? You were out past uh, 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, you are out all night. All night. What were you doing? And you they- stain on the front of your car. <laughs> <laughs> so Joel's parents tell him to get in the car and they need to leave right now. He's confused and wants to stay with Amy. He's like, "What do we? Well, I don't want to say goodbye to my girlfriend. What are we doing? What's going on?" And just as this conversation is happening, a big rock or debris lands and kills his parents Not on a screen. I just said debris, but you're probably like right a meteor comes down and lands on their car. Ah, uh, you know. And it crushes them and it kills them, so Joel's parents are oh, dead. Wait, so they're not stepped on by a monster, they're just killed by debris? Because I clearly saw on the trailer that it was a monster that stepped on them. Okay, well, it's a monster then. Okay, I, I'm mu- helping you out there. Didn't pay much attention to All it, right. but it, the main thing is that his parents are dead. That's the yeah, important I'm glad that was take- the main thing. That's the important takeaway. Yeah. And just as Joel is reeling from this experience, he gets taken by some soldiers and he tells Amy that they will be together again some oh, day. Oh, she's still there. She's there. They she's get- still there when their parents are killed. Yeah. They get parted. Okay. So seven years later, Joel is in a bunker with a colony of survivalists. They all seem nice. <laughs> Joel is obsessed with it. I'm glad that they're nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad that Joel's we having get, a good time. We get to in- be introduced to each of these survivalists. Right. They'll all be so quirky. There's Patchy. There's Eyepatchy. There's Scarman. There's a guy called Cap, so he's the leader. Yep. You know, all your classic survivalists. Yes. Blonde uh, woman. Joel is obsessed with a ham radio to see if anyone else is alive. Now, he's not particularly looking for Amy, but he's just working to see if anybody else is alive. Right. So he's he, trying to find people to come. He's holding on to some hope that this might blow over. Pretty relevant to today's yeah. climate. Yes, exactly. It's the perfect time for this movie to come out. <laughs> it certainly so you is. You can't love anybody without yep. the fear of monsters. He does little jobs around the bunker, so milking the cow, washing the dishes, doing. I laundry. hope we get an extended washing the dishes scene. It's what every movie needs. And we get to see that everyone's adapting to living underground and there's no indication. They're all really pale. <laughs> yes. There's no they're indication. Like podcast editors. <laughs> yeah, they do a podcast underground. Yeah. With the ham radio. Oh, it'd be perfect. <laughs> Maybe Can they... we live in the, in the <laughs> monster apocalypse? <laughs> Maybe they get more listeners. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could. I think we'd do all right. A monster podcast yeah. underground. The monster cast. <laughs> I can see it now. Let's let's copyright that Kieran straight away. D. Let's copyright that straight away. What monster away. did you see today? I didn't. I'm in a bunker. <laughs> if you did see a monster, what would you imagine let's it looked like? Let's predict what would yeah. happen if we went out with yeah. the monsters. Well, how would you die? How would how would Maddie D die? I imagine Maddie D would get stepped on by a monster and Kieran would have a heart attack and die. I anyway. think I'd be eaten like straight away. Yeah. That'd be me. I'd go yeah. out. Are like we that. actually doing the monster cast now? <laughs> well, let's go back to the plot. Yeah. So the colony have a night of just hanging out and talking and they talk about oh. 
previous beer and pizza night. Yeah, you know, they're just relaxing. Yeah. And they talk about previous sex and romances oh. that they had. Ooh. And Joel tells them about <laughs> you do. his high school girlfriend, Amy. But he says, you know what? She probably died. Yeah, I wow. don't even know if she's alive. Very hopeful. So this is just, we get reminded that he has a girlfriend because we did not see that a few scenes ago. Yeah. That night, Joel is playing around with the ham radio and he oh, hears- I'm glad it was the ham radio. Amy. And he's thrilled. And she tells him where he is. I know where I am. She tells him where she is more accurately. Yep. And the frequency gets lost and Joel can't get it back. Yeah. Yep. So he's just like, oh my God, I've found where, Monster interference, where this yep. girl I thought was dead, who's the love of my life is. Oh my God. So Joel tells the colony leader that he's going. So they, this is Cap. Yep, this is Cap. They advise against it, but eventually give him directions, give him some poor advice, which is just run away, and give him materials and wish him well. Now, there'll be items given to Joel, and they'll seem useless at first, but they'll be the main things to get him out of certain situations along the way. So there'll be a little, like, plot elements. Like, right. they'll, what are these things? Oh, me, throw out some examples. Like, he'll have, like a, like, a rope. He'll have... Oh, useless, yeah. But they'll be used in unconventional ways. Rubber chicken with a pulley in the middle. (laughs) Rubber chicken with a pulley in the middle. They'll be used to get him out in unconventional ways. Right, okay. So, like, he'll have a crossbow, but he won't use it to kill an alien. Oh, completely useless. An alien. He'll use it to kill something. Well, they are aliens. They're from space. He'll shoot something, so. Okay. I don't know what sort of things he'll have, but it'll be peppered through the plot. Uh, So, Joel walks out into an abandoned, overgrown city. He finds a dog in an old bus. Not named dog meat. Um, the dog follows him. No, it was just boy. <laughs> oh, I see what you're doing. You're yeah, doing a Fallout reference. Yeah. Yeah, okay. uh, the dog follows him, and he will talk to the dog through the duration of the whole movie. Yep. As a little pal, because we like. Now, dogs. is it a boy or a girl dog? Uh, I'm just going to say, for difference, it's going to be a boy dog. Okay. I didn't really. Think and what too do you reckon the dog's it. name is? I don't know. Just throw one out there, Fido. The dog won't have a name. Okay. He'll call it Amy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wow. Also, big important thing: the dog won't die. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I didn't think the dog would die either. Because that's not this kind of movie. So Joel goes to his old house just to pick up some stuff. He, right. And also for nostalgic purposes as well. He's like, hey, that's my old house. I'm going to have a look around. And the dog detects something in the pool. Mm. And out of the pool... So it's not a backyard pond like I thought. A frog monster pops out yep. and tries to eat Joel. Similar to yourself, like he yep. uses his tongue to do so. And he gets saved by Clyde and Minnow is her name. Is yep, that right? Minnow. Yeah, that's it. So, All right. What did you have originally? Come on. So Spill the beans. Clyde... I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. Clyde will be like Tallahassee from Zombieland. Yep, that's and, what I thought too. And Minnow will be like Hit Girl from Kick-Ass. I was going to say, Hit Girl wasn't in Zombieland. <laughs> so right. that's the what, dynamic. She's like a foul-mouthed little kid. Not foul-mouthed, but she'll be like an absolute badass. Okay, fair enough. So it turns out that they're going in the same direction as each other, so they decide to work together. In my original plot prediction, I had it that both Clyde and Minnow were going to the ocean because Minnow was born during the monster apocalypse and had mm. never seen the ocean. Oh, that's cool. And he like promised her, oh, like one day we'll see the ocean. And then they get killed off by monsters halfway through the movie. But I'm like, <laughs> no, they won't do that. So I completely That's kind of cool. I kind of like that. I just that. thought I'd mention it just in case that does happen. So there's going to be, this is the middle of the movie here. They're going to go to a hospital to get some medical supplies. And there's going to right. be a monster scene where Joel encounters a monster and he runs away. There will be a swamp monster, which Joel will defeat. He'll explode the monster. With some, ex- yeah, some explosive or something like, like that. Tom Cruise. And there'll be a character developing moment by a campfire, because I love that apparently, where Clyde reveals he was a nobody before the apocalypse and how he rescued Minnow and adopted her as his own daughter. Oh, there we go. Well, we don't know that she's not adopted. Yeah, we don't know that. They're not related, but he found her and he found her family had died. And I also, this is, uh, we'll see if it happens, but Clyde will also reveal that he is gay. Oh, okay. Why? Just for a little bit of levity? Just a theory I have. Right, okay. Bit more equality in your your plot? Okay, fair enough. And also, people wouldn't expect the tough guy to be. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, but it's not done for laughs. No, it's not done for laughs. It's done for uh, uplifting. It's done for. It's done for adding some adding more variety to the movie. Yeah. So they find the settlement. Um, I didn't say it was coastal. I just said it was you know just somewhere. Uh, But Amy is not there. So it's not coastal. Yeah, it can be coastal. Why not? No, no, it's not. It's (laughs) It's just a settlement somewhere. Okay. But Amy's not there. They get told by the settlement people that she, when the radio was disconnected, she went to find Joel and got stuck at a nearby theme park, an oh. old abandoned theme park. Oh, wow. And she's trapped by a collection of monsters. So it really is Zombieland. Joel wants to go after her. but So she's at the top of the like the, the super drop ride. <laughs> Did you read this? Did you read this plot? <laughs> How do you know? No, I saw Zombieland. I saw Zombieland, so I know the plot of that movie. So Joel wants to go after her and save her, and he tries to convince the other settlement to do so, but they all think it's risky. Too risky, that is. And even Clyde thinks it's a suicide mission. He's like, she's gone. She's probably dead. And even if she's not dead, you can't get in. When she's surrounded by a bunch of monsters, we would all die. Right. Joel gives an inspirational speech, and they all arm up and go in. What happens next will be a huge action extravaganza played to an upbeat song. If I was to guess, it would be I Need a Hero. Right. Bonnie Tyler. Mm-hmm. Wow. And Dylan will have to save his damsel in distress. Dylan will be... This is a new character. Whoa, Dylan is his actual actor's <laughs> yes. name. Joel will have to save his damsel in distress who will be on the Ferris wheel. Ah. There will also be a fight on a roller coaster. And everybody will have their moments in the and sun. There will be a bit where there's a clown monster who overcomes his fear of monster clowns. <laughs> also, I should say when Joel killed the monster in the swamp, that's where he kind of developed his confidence so he's right, more yeah. he's more capable yeah. now I said that's his thing. character development in yeah. the movie just as it looks like Joel is about to be eaten by a big monster that he distracted away from Amy Amy will bazooka it and it'll explode mm. and in a tender moment Amy will give the drawing Joel did at the start of the movie back to Joel oh wow because she kept it the entire time in her wallet they finally kiss covered in monster entrails oh lovely they have their kissy yeah. <laughs> Clyde will say who were the real monsters us or them. Amy will turn out to be a monster this entire time. <laughs> oh, what? And eat. Like, <laughs> like unzip her skin and then yeah. out comes a monster. Like a, like a prey mantis and will eat Joel and cool music will play us out. Wow. There you go. <laughs> He's staring up his notes. That, that is my plot for Love and Monsters. Yeah, there we go. Burn it. Uh, that's what you think of the movie too, I suppose. <laughs> well, go. the movie's not out. I could love it. Well, it's going to be out next week. You could watch it. Yep. Straight away. Straight spend, away, spend thirty dollars on, amped it. up for it. I don't think so. I think I might. Ha- I'm, I think I might wait for it to drop to like three dollars. Okay. Yeah, I'll watch it first. I'll, I'll take the bullet for this one, as I usually do. I'll watch it first and then let you know straight away if you were close. Wow, there you go. I really hope that's how the movie ends. I really hope that she's a monster the whole time. She, in fact, she planned the invasion the whole time. <laughs> she's the bad guy. Wow. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, to be honest. But yeah, if it does, man, movie of the year. Points movie all around. Of the year. Points all around for this guy. It might be a better movie than New Mutants or Antebellum. It's going to take home all the Oscars whenever they do that again in the distant future. Who knows? Maybe there won't be any Oscars. Yeah, what's going to happen with the Oscars? Yeah, who knows? There'll that's be a, something. That's a discussion There'll for a different something. time. So if you think you have any ideas, before it comes out, you've got one week to submit yeah, your, hurry your responses. Up. There's a deadline. If you think you know what's going to happen in don't Love and Monsters. Don't you dare send something after it comes out. Yeah, don't Cheaters. you dare. We won't accept it if it's after it comes out. If you're listening to this in the future, you've already seen the movie, don't bother writing it. But if you have any ideas before the movie comes out of what's going to happen in Love and Monsters, please let us know. Or do you think Matty D was closer? Do you think I was closer to what's going to happen? Do you think we're both way yeah, off? Yeah, we both way off but yeah i'd love to hear your ideas if you've got any better ones because yeah i don't know how anyone could really nail down this plot just from that trailer so this leads us to talking about what we're going to be discussing next week 
And we're actually going to be taking a break from predicting upcoming movie plots and from revisiting movies that we've done in the past. And we're going to do another installment of our special episode series. It's been a while. We haven't done for ages. Now, usually with these special episodes, what we do is we have a huge list of a whole bunch of various film titles that we're going to do, like a a sequel, a remake, a reboot, whatever for, and we roll a die and see exactly what we're going to land on. But because on our list, we don't really have any horror movies, and we really wanted to do something horror-related to sort of stick with the whole, it's October when we record this, it's almost Halloween, and I always sort of like to get get in the mood. We want to get in the spirit. We didn't do anything last year, so we thought, might as well make up for it this year, get into the spirit. We just did a... A monster-related movie that's almost Halloween-related. You know, people are getting into the spirit. Uh, and so why shouldn't we as well? So we're actually not going to roll a die this week. And instead, we've decided to come up with a remake. We're going to each go away and come up with a remake for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which yeah. I don't think has been done recently. One of the few horror franchises that's not been remade. No. I know there's I think... been at least 50 or 60 Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I'll be able to come back with you with more accurate statistics next week when I've done my research. But I know they've done this movie time and time again because the, the, the concept's in the public domain. I actually own the book. Maybe I'll read the book in preparation for it. But yeah, we're certainly not the first people to do a remake of it. And we're certainly not going to be the first people to do an adaptation of it. But I really want to see where we can go with it. I really want to see when we put our crazy minds to it, our twisted minds to it, what we can come up with for a new Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Perfect for Halloween. Now, everyone out there should know the story. It's one of those things that's ingrained in pop culture. So I want to hear what people, how would you do your own Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? And I want you to do something different. I want you to do something that hasn't been done before. Who would you cast? Yeah, who would you cast? What would happen in the movie? You could pretty much adapt it however you want. Oh, I've already come up with an idea. Yeah, me too, actually. So yeah, if you have any ideas, please submit them to us. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or you can just leave us a comment on this episode's page on the Podbean site. I'm really excited now. I can't wait to go away and come up with something. I might even show Matty D some of those original movies that are definitely worth watching, like the 1920 (laughs) Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, or the even earlier, like 1917 one. I remember auditioning for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Really? For a play, yeah. For a play, wow. You can talk all about that next week. But yeah, until we transform into Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde, we'll catch you next week. See you then. Monsters. Love and monsters go together like a horse and monsters. This I tell you, brother, you can't have one. You can't have none. You can't.